This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Six. Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast with yours truly, Dylan Short, part of the gigantic collection of podcasts we have for you over at the Podcast Park, brought to you by 680, our sister stations, and pretty much everybody under the Dickey Broadcasting banner. Appreciate everybody tuning in, as always. Good news for the Braves last night is quite a bit of things broke right. Now, at one point in the game last night, you I, I could forgive you if you thought that that was a game that the Braves lately would lose. Balls were flying out of the yard throughout this the entirety of this series versus the Rangers, but even on a night where Spencer Strider clearly didn't have his best stuff, didn't really have the fastball command that we're used to seeing from Spencer, missed arm side quite a bit with it, didn't really matter. The Braves were able to power themselves through, high emphasis on the word power there, to a late-inning Six to five victory, thanks to quite a few home runs from both teams, really. Let's go ahead and start with Spencer because this was, in my opinion, probably the worst Strider start that we've seen this year. Um, might not be the worst one we get this year. He was still able to power through five innings, which I kind of thought was impressive based on the fact that he was giving up long balls, which is something Spencer doesn't normally do. Now, to be fair, both of those long balls came to Adelise Garcia. Uh, and <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that man, but he clearly looks like the other Cardinals outfielder, uh, Tyler O'Neill. And Garcia is a just gigantic dude, super big, super thick, super strong, and was able to, to muscle out a couple home runs that were not great pitches by Spencer, but really were functions of how the ball was flying that day. You look at Spencer's ERA yesterday in that game was a 720. The FIP was a 750. The ex-FIP was a 390. So it was really the home run ball. And clearly it was his worst start. It was a 36-game score for Spencer. Far and away the worst one he's had this year. The only one even remotely close would be that start against the Mets where he went five innings and also allowed four runs in one homer. Uh, had three walks. Did get seven Ks in the five innings. So actually his strikeout rate goes down. That was the lowest K per nine that he's had in a start this season. It really has been just an incredible start for Spencer. Uh, and, and, you know, this is the thing here. Texas is a very, very good lineup. So I'm not, you know, I'm not worried. I'm not calling the dogs on, oh, Spencer's throwing a few more pitches. Is, is he hurt or anything like that? No, it's just a case of Texas happens to be a good lineup. They're not as good against righties as they are against lefties, but they're still a, a, a very, very good lineup versus right-handed pitching. And it's nice to see that if, if that's Spencer Strider with no fastball command, which is kind of like 
worst case for Spencer. You know, the fastball is such a big part of his arsenal. If that's Spencer with no fastball command, then you can more, more than live with that. It's more often than not he's going to have the fastball command, and the question will just be whether he's got the slider or the changeup. Last night he just didn't really have his A-plus command of that heater, which for him is that's a pitch that he throws like 60, 65% of the time. So it was, it was impressive to me. And I don't want to sound like I'm just, you know, blowing smoke or trying to make it look better than it was for Spencer. Certainly not one that he's going to write home about. Wasn't uh, wasn't anything that that he's really been, you know, going it's, to it's not up to his normal standards. But the Braves offense decided to show up and play. And that's that's a really good thing, including Ronald Acuna, who just continues to put up video game numbers this entire season. I would say that he looks like the 2021 Ronald Acuna Jr., and at least from a home run and steals perspective, he kind of does. But I don't think that even I – don't, I don't even think the 2021 version is what we're seeing now. What we're seeing from Ronald this year is the best he has ever looked. And, you know, at 25 years old, he's kind of just now hitting the start of that physical prime. He's hitting everything in sight. He's barreling everything in sight. Hit another home run yesterday. That is four consecutive games with a homer for Ronald Acuna Jr. This one was a little bit of the lighter variety, only 430 feet and only 105 miles an hour off the bat. Not as normal, 450, 114 miles. So got to get him back in the weight room, I guess. Uh, but there's no other player in baseball. Now, I'll include Shohei Otani. There's not another player in baseball who, who's been better than Ronald Acuna this season. Uh, had some good defensive moments from a few guys last night as well. Uh, and the Braves were able to slug their way to pulling out a victory. And this is something that the Braves have kind of, since the Toronto series, they had a few games where they scored first and still lost the game, which is something we weren't used to seeing earlier on this season. Kind of the same thing happened with Texas here. A couple games where they scored first and lost the lead. Last night, they were able to come back, though, and secure the victory with those home runs, like I mentioned. One, the first one from Eddie Rosario uh, just hit it right down the line. Didn't hit it particularly hard by today's home run standards, but still was pretty darn good. Uh, and then you had the, the big shot from Ronald Acuna, dead center. And then you had the hero of the day, Orlando Arcia, went one for three, but that one hit... Boy, it was a big one. It was a go-ahead home run by Orlando Arcia. Proved to be the big difference in the game. And you can't say enough good things about Orlando Arcia. But I'm not really done talking about Ronald Acuna yet because, you know, you really can't be. Uh, hit his 11th homer yesterday. That puts him in second place on the team. Or might tie him with Matt Olson, actually. Um, four tops on the team, which is what we kind of expected. For Ronald to start off so slow in the home run department this year, I do think it was more a factor of him deciding that he wasn't going to really look for the home run that when when he got mistake pitches or pitches that he could handle he'd kind of do it because the, the launch angle was really low earlier in earlier in the year but it is really starting to climb here lately the, the home runs are obviously a big part of that and it looks like he's on one of those heaters now where he might hit you 10 home runs in seven or eight games that's kind of that's kind of the level that, that we're expecting from Ronald Acuna Jr. now. He also stole his 18th base. Now, I believe he's now second in Major League Baseball. I think Astoria Ruiz of Oakland might have 19 stolen bases. But currently, Ronald's on pace for like 41 homers and 68 steals, which would be pretty darn good. Uh, now, he's played in every single game this season. I don't expect him to play a full 162. I would expect at some point there will be an off day for Ronald Acuna Jr. But you don't want to have him have an off day when he's playing like this. Everything is going so well for him. He hasn't really gotten into a single protracted slump all season long. Now, again, I will stress this again. It will happen. He will not go an entire season without a slump. 
Nobody does. But right now in Major League Baseball, there's not another player who's playing to the level that Ronald Acuna Jr. is, and it really helps out the Braves. Now, one of the other things that I like about what we saw last night, Braves had eight hits on the night, and they spread them around quite a bit. Uh, As far as the starters, Matt Olson was the only starter, along with Michael Harris, who did not get a hit. Uh, Also, the only two starters that did not get on base yesterday. And... Sorry about that. We'll see if you guys can hear that in the edited clip or not, but just got a phone call in the middle of this. Uh, speaking about Ronald, though, continuing about Ronald Acuna, to see a guy at 25 years old coming off of the ACL, had such a down year by his standards last year, to see him do what he's doing this year, and you can you can put the side-by-side videos. MLB Network had one of these up, uh, I think it might have been Tuesday. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, just breaking down Ronald's swing from this year and how different it is from a season ago. And it's not just that he's able to get that back knee down a lot lower, which is how Ronald generates the lift on the ball for him and why it was so important for him to be able to get to moving that back knee down. But you can also see how much faster the hips are opening up. And that's that's one of the big key things for Ronald. That's how he's getting to all of these pitches inside. That's how he's able to hit the ball with such authority. His hips come flying open. He's got the fastest hips in baseball. And I... I while I don't expect him to finish out the season hitting nearly 350, I would still say, you know, if he's probably 295-ish is the right area. But we're getting to that point in the year now where if you tell me that, and based on the way he's playing, if you tell me that he plays this way for three quarters of the season, you're looking at I think he's going to be over 300 if he continues to that stretch. Now, I don't know if he's going to still get 40-40. The 40 home run part is is going to be difficult. You really can't have a lull in your your homers per at-bats rate. You kind of have to carry that all season long, so we'll see. Um, But everything else about his game, and and yes, you can tell me the defense is bad according to StatCast. I'm at this point now where I'm just ignoring defensive metrics. Um, They are, Ronald is not in the 10th percentile. He's, he is not, he's not one of the five worst defensive right fielders in all of Major League Baseball. That's just stupid. And nobody that watches him actually thinks so. Uh, so that, that's just something I'm not I'm not very big on here. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna get to that point. Maybe towards the end of the season, I'll take a look at the defensive metrics. But at least to this point in the season, they've all just kind of shown me that you can't trust them at all. Uh, but it was nice to see Ronald continue his good work. Ozzy Albies and and I got to give a lot of credit to Ozzy Albies and Austin Riley. Now Ozzy's been quietly very good with the bat here lately. But he's still he's been the worst of his career as a left-handed hitter, which is unfortunately that that's the side you're going to hit from the most often. And he's been like a 50, 52 WRC plus from the left-hand side prior to last night. Austin, we've talked about it a little bit before. He's been having the worst struggles that we've seen since uh, since really his breakout season in 2021. Well, he's put some really good swings on some baseballs in this Texas series. Still some swing and miss, but you know I'll, I'll kind of deal with that if you get the payoff. And there was a point last night. When the Braves were trailing, Ronald got on base. Ozzie Albies, uh, Ozzie Albies laces a single, uh, and, and left-handed, I'll say. Or, I can't remember if it was a single. It, it should. I think it was a single. Uh, laced himself a single in the eighth inning uh, last night and did really good work on it. And then you had Austin Riley come up afterwards. And Austin, who we have all know has been wearing it so badly, he had a fantastic at-bat and laced one into the gap, scoring Ozzy, believe it, score, scoring Ozzy from first and tying the game up. The Braves don't win that game without those two at bats from Ozzy and Austin. And while the home runs are going to get the the notoriety, while Ronald Acuna doing Ronald Acuna things is always going to get the publicity and, and get the news headlines, and Orlando Arcia, who everybody's kind of talking about now, it's important to recognize Austin, who's been 
wearing it a, worse than pretty much anybody on the Braves, especially now that Marcelo Zuna has kind of started hitting again. Austin's been wearing it harder than anybody, along with Matt Olson, whose strikeout rate is alarmingly high right now, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. So when you see Austin putting good swings on the ball and, and hitting the ball hard, even if he's not getting rewarded for it every time, those will start to fall, and that's a far cry from what we were seeing before. He's hitting balls in the air again, which is very important for Austin Riley because uh, for anybody that wonders, you know, anybody that goes with that old-school mindset of, you know, hit the ball on the ground and make him make a play – well, there's four infielders, and I'll count a pitcher as a half, so we'll say four and a half infielders, and there's three outfielders. You want to hit the ball in the air because there's less chance of you hitting it to a player in the outfield. Uh, it's also, the outfield is also bigger than the infield, so more likely that a ball is going to fall. Um, so if Austin starts lifting the ball again, continues hitting the ball hard, he'll, he'll get there. He might struggle with some things for a while. His swing just kind of looked out of whack for a bit. His timing was way off. But if he can come out pod, and this was something that, that I talked about I want to say it was Saturday uh, during the pre-show with Kevin McAlpin that, frankly, the Braves really needed, they really need Austin to figure it out in a hurry. And since that time, he really has. There weren't great results for him in the Toronto series, but he was lifting the ball. And this Texas series was good results for him and good process. Now, a lot of strikeouts still in there. Fine, I'll live with it. Um, but if, if, if that's what it takes to get Austin mashing the ball again, then I think the Braves will be okay with it. Similarly to how they're kind of approaching Matt Olson, where Olson is striking out at like a career high clip. He's hitting in like the two twenties right now. It's not been a great, uh, great stretch as, as for, for Matt Olson in terms of the batting average department. Yeah. He's actually hitting two thirty. my mistake. Don't want to jip him 10 points on the average, but he still has the three sixty seven OBP and a four ninety one slug. So he still has an eight fifty eight OPS. Now, that is pretty significantly down from what it was early in the season. Matt has had quite a bit of trouble with timing here lately, especially against righties, which is not typically what he should struggle with. But in the same case of a lot of the guys in this Braves lineup, I've got faith that'll come back around. It's just about as long as the team can weather the slow spell for Matt Olson. Currently rocking a 32% strikeout rate. That is the highest of his career, about a full percentage point above what it was in 2020, which was his worst offensive campaign. Now, he's, uh, he's still been worth one war. He's kind of tailed off. Now, overall offensive value, he's not having a bad season. He's got a 132 WRC+. Plus. Now, that's because he does have the 11 homers. He's got 30 ribbies, and he's also scored 35 runs. He's also walking at a near 17% clip, which is far and away the highest of his career outside of 11 games uh, in 2016. The BABIP is at 299, which is kind of right in line with his career norms, uh, and Honestly, he's kind of been a little bit lucky when you look at his Waba versus ex-Waba, but that's something that'll change for Olsen. He'll go through these spells, and then he'll have a stretch where all he hits is extra base hits, homers, and doubles uh, every single night, and he'll get to one of those stretches, it looks like. Uh, Sean Murphy got the day off yesterday. Travis Darno behind the dish. Marcelo Zuna as the DH, I want to say. My, no, no, no. I, I mistake that. Eddie Rosario was the DH last night uh, with Sam Hilliard in left field, or it might be a game off. I don't. I, days run together. Yeah, it was Eddie in left field, and you had Ozuna as the DH. Ozuna goes one for three with a single uh, in a walk, which is good to see from Marcel. He's got the average to one sixty to one seventy six now, and a two eighty two OBP and a four thirty one slug. Um, those aren't great numbers, but, but we all know they're far better than what they were earlier in the season. Travis still trying to come back from that concussion, get back into the swing of things. He went one for four, but Eddie's kind of one of these dark horses. Now, Eddie's OBP is never going to be good because he just doesn't take walks. He swings at everything. But if he's hitting the ball hard or lifting the ball and getting some homers, he's hitting 252 with a 287 OBP and a 423 slug, and he's putting much better swings. 
Eddie, the Braves don't need Eddie Rosario to be in LCS. Eddie Rosario in order to win games. They don't. But if he can be solid to slightly above average, being that sneaky kind of range, that just makes this lineup that much more difficult to pitch to, especially like what you have right now, where it looks like Brian Snickers kind of messed around with the lineups a little bit. And we saw a couple days ago on Tuesday night's game, we saw Sean Murphy hitting third uh, versus a left uh, versus uh, versus a right. You had Sean Murphy at third with Riley batting cleanup and then Ozzy right behind Riley. Last night was Sean Murphy getting the day off. Ozzy was batting third, seemed to work out uh, with Riley sticking in cleanup. And I know we, we talk about this and, and empirically, statistically, logically, we can say that where you bat in the lineup should not affect your outcome. But it does seem that there is something to the the idea that if a player is comfortable in a certain position in the lineup, then if they're more comfortable, they'll perform better. It's the same thing with Ronald being leadoff. Now you can tell me Ronald's got great numbers as a cleanup hitter. He's got great numbers as a three-hole hitter. Fine, and I'm not doubting it. Ronald is the most impactful hitter in Major League Baseball right now. You could hit him anywhere, and I think he'd be very successful. But if a player is comfortable doing a particular thing and it's working, there's no real onus to change it. It's only when things don't go well that you start looking at shaking it up, which was the impetus behind moving Riley out of the three-hole. I do kind of wonder if at some point this year we'll see Matt Olson drop out of the two-hole, especially if Ozzy can kind of get that left-handed swing working a little bit. That's going to be one of the equalizers here. Ozzy's going to have to figure out how to be competent left-handed and enough to where you feel confident and at least some level of discipline at the plate to where you feel like it's not going to be a two-pitch rollover to second round into a double play type outcome for Ozzy. But he certainly has the talent to do it, just about kind of channeling it properly. And if he can even get that left-handed WRC plus up to, let's say, say 95, then I think you can live with that. If he can get it up to, you know, 105, 107, I'd be even happier. Because he's hitting right-handed, he's hitting right-handed, he's hitting better than he's ever hit in his career. And he was already basically Mike Trout hitting from the right side of the plate. Left-handed, though, he's, you know, been terrible all season long. He's put better at bats lefty here lately, uh, including last night. But we'll, we'll see what happens as, as we continue going on as the Braves, now done with Texas, are going to head back home to face the Mariners and then the Dodgers. So the Mariners haven't had a great season to this point, but they're kind of turning it back around. They've had some struggles with their superstar sophomore and Julio Rodriguez, who's been hit by the sophomore slump uh, as hard as Michael Harris has, who, by the way, we talk about Austin not really performing. Uh, it would be fair to say Michael Harris needs to kind of figure it out offensively right now, too. I'm not I'm not saying he's not going to. I'm not saying I'm mad or the Braves need to bench him or anything because his defense is still so important. Hosed down a runner at the plate yesterday, which was a big deal. Uh, but I will say, Michael has to hit the ball in the air. And this is something I notice every time I, I watch Michael Harris is, is he looks exactly like Jason Hayward. Like if you shrunk Jason Hayward about five inches, he'd look like Michael Harris. And I'm talking about Jason Hayward pre-hitching his swing. So pre pre-getting hit in the face and getting his face broken. Uh, 2013, I want to say that was. That's what Michael Harris looks like. Now, the bigger issue with Hayward and with Harris, what we've seen so far, is a super high propensity to hit the ball on the ground. And As I mentioned, there's a lot of infielders, not as many outfielders. You want to hit the ball in the air. Michael has the capability to do that. His swing, though, I think it's just going to be one of those things where he's got to get into the groove of lifting. And it's something that I think the Braves will work on. And as as Michael gets more and more adjusted to being in the lineup again, is missing a lot of time this year, uh, gets more and more comfortable with the brace on his knee, because as I mentioned, injuries have not been kind to him this year, then he can start trying to lift the ball. But this is one of those areas that even in the minors, you kind of looked at and said, all right, well, we'll need to see uh, some improvement here. And he's still young. He's like 22 years old. So it's not like it's not going to happen. 
But the Braves can get him going, then there's no stopping this team no matter who you're talking about. The Braves sitting at 27 wins right now. The Dodgers have quietly turned their season around. We'll get a much better feel for the Dodgers when they have to play the Braves in a three-game set. I don't know how the pitching is going to line up for that. Spencer was last night, so I'd imagine Bryce is going to be tomorrow night's game. Uh, and then we'll see what they go, how they go from there. If it's going to be another bullpen game, which I would kind of imagine, um, then we'll, we'll kind of see how the Braves tackle that. Maybe it'll be Charlie Morton, but I kind of doubt it. But what you got from Charlie, and I don't want to gloss over that, game one, what Charlie gave you in game one was exactly what you needed. Game one felt like a statement game for the Braves after a horrible, horrible series in Toronto where it just looked like the Braves couldn't do anything. They, even when they did hit, it, and you know what? It reminded me a lot of the Mets series from last year in New York where the Braves' defense completely collapsed, the offense completely collapsed, the bullpen was terrible, and it just looked like the Braves forgot how to play baseball for a little bit and they got that kind of reset and went on that run. That's what last night, that, that's what game one felt like. That's what, that's what Monday night's game felt like to me was the Braves kind of, and, that, and from all reports, they didn't get mad at anybody. There was no kicking and screaming. They're, they're a very even-keeled team. They, they've been here before. While we look at this team and they have a ton of young players, these young players have been through it before in pretty much all of the last five seasons where you go through these ups and downs. They stay calm. They stay confident. And, you know, you don't have the whole fire, the, <laughs> the fire extinguisher incident uh, all the time. But it did look like Monday they came out to make a statement, and they did. Lots of home runs, including, of course, a home run from Ronald Acuna. They were hitting the ball all over the yard, which is the theme in Texas. Um, the, they kept the roof closed every single night, uh, and, and they just kept smashing. So, uh, and in Texas, to, to their credit, Texas did too. And I, I want to point this out: the Braves won that series. It's the first time they've they've won a series against the Rangers in twenty years, or at least in Texas in twenty years. The Rangers are a very good ball club. Especially they got Corey Seager back yesterday. So when they're at 100%, Marcus Simeon is fantastic. Corey Seager is fantastic. I love Adelise Garcia. If I, could add, if I could add anybody into left field right now, I'd probably pick Adelise Garcia. I, I, I love that guy so much. I think he's a good fit for the lineup. He's, he's super powerful. Kind of reminds of, of a younger version of Adam Dunn, similar to what I'll say about Tyler O'Neill. Uh, he also has a cannon for an arm. And he, he's just, he does good work, and I just, frankly, I just like Adelise Garcia. I just like him a lot. Um, but Texas, obviously, they're not going to be looking to move him. They're leading the AL West right now. Now, the Astros, I still think, are the favorites in that division. I think the Mariners uh, are still the favorites for number two. But you can't argue with what Texas has done. And, and another good example of this is how the Braves were able to beat Nathan Evaldi yesterday. Evaldi had been on one of the best stretches of his career, going at least eight innings his last three starts, shutouts in basically all of them, and was absolutely dominant. Hadn't been giving up a lot of home runs, hadn't been walking anybody, and the Braves kind of beat him up a little bit last night. It was nice to see. Got a couple dingers off of him. A guy that, that hasn't really given up long balls at all. So they got shut down by Dane Dunning, which was weird, but they took out uh, Nathan Evaldi, who is a really, really good pitcher. So good work from the Braves yesterday. I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit of a rematch from last year uh, versus Seattle and see if the Braves can kind of get them while they're down a little bit. Teoscar hasn't really settled in there yet, but we know how good their lineup can be. Pitching matchups are going to be very interesting versus Seattle because Seattle very quietly, and why well, I, sh I should couch it as this. It's, it's quietly depending on how, how closely you follow these things. Quietly, Seattle has one of the better pitching rotations in baseball, and you're going to get a good look at a really, really impressive rookie on Friday in Bryce Miller, who's come up and just been spectacular. Now, that's a little bit frightening, not because I don't think the Braves can do well, but because the Braves 
have not hit right-handed pitching well at all this year. That was one of the good things about yesterday's game is the Braves were hitting long balls off of right-handed starters, not just not just uh, lefty Burke at the end of the game there. The Braves hit Avaldi, who's a righty. They also hit Spores, who's a righty. And those, those that's where they got five of their six runs yesterday was against righties. And this is something that I, I kind of look at the Braves and just kind of expect it to be that way because they're, they're too good of an offense to have such drastic splits, lefty and righty. Most of it is because the only two players that have really consistently hit right-handed pitchers all season have been Ronald and Sean Murphy. Uh, but, but I think we can see that change uh, relatively quickly. So you get, you'll get the Braves, you'll get um, Bryce Elder versus Bryce Miller in the Battle of the Bryces tomorrow. That's a fun matchup. Uh, and then on Saturday, you will end up seeing, and that's the 7-15 game, that's the Fox game, you'll get Logan Gilbert versus Charlie Morton. It's another really good matchup. Logan Gilbert is a, a very, very talented young pitcher. And then you'll end up on Sunday at one thirty-five, and that'll be George Kirby versus Jared Schuster. Schuster, I, I thought Schuster had a good outing uh, his, his last time out. Now, I was, I was on the pregame with Kevin McAlpin uh, on Tuesday, and we were kind of talking about what you expect from Jared Schuster. And I would said, if he can give you five innings with three earned runs, then you feel good about it. And that's exactly what he did. Gave up some long balls, but similar to Bryce Elder in that start versus the Marlins. I, I can live with that. If you're able to limit the damage and you're able to save the bullpen a little bit and you, you put forth major league outings, then I can live with that. Is, is it the prettiest picture when you're giving them up on long balls? No. But in the end, a run is a run. And if you can kind of give up a solo shot and get yourself out of it and you know be done with it, then fine. I can live with that. I can't live with you nibbling. And Schuster, to his credit, he wasn't nibbling yesterday. And that's what I really like. Or Tuesday, you know what I mean. That's what I really liked seeing. That's... That's kind of what you have to do if you want to stick around as a big leaguer. You can't be, you can't be nibbling all the time. That's what did. That's what did Sean Newcomb in. That's what I think is, uh, unfortunately, going to do Kyle Muller in. Is, is you know you can have the best stuff in the world, but if you don't trust it and if you're not aggressive with it, then it's not going to work out. And for Schuster, who doesn't have you know the premium velocity or anything, uh, it, it's important for him to be aggressive, especially if he wants to be effective working off the plate as well. The other thing I really liked about Schuster was he used his changeup a whole lot more. And that changeup needs to be Schuster's bread and butter pitch. It was his best pitch coming out of Wake Forest. It's probably the reason why the Braves drafted him in the first round. Uh, and that that's, should be his calling card. So for him to be able to, or to be willing to use that changeup more effectively, I'd like to see Dylan Dodd do the same thing the next time he comes up. As I kind of think Schuster's going to get a little bit of run, I think. If he continues to pitch well, then he'll kind of stick up for a little bit until they're ready for Michael Soroka to come up. And we'll talk about Soroka a little bit more later. I don't have enough time left in this podcast to really get to that. Uh, but you look at this Braves rotation and what you had with Charlie, what you've got with Spencer Strider, and what you've got with Bryce Elder. It's the only team in baseball that has three teams with an ERA under three. I mean, that we, we talk about this rotation and how the Braves are going to have to try to manage it. And it's going to be difficult with two open spots. Um, but as long as Schuster pitches like he did on Tuesday, and and by the way, the Rangers are the third, really the second best lineup in all of Major League Baseball against left-handed pitching. They're right behind the Braves. They're tied with Baltimore. They're right behind the Braves and the, and the Rays, who were tied for first. So I thought that was really good work from Schuster on Tuesday. Not everybody that <laughs> that he's going to face is going to be top three in baseball against left-handed pitching. So for him to be able to navigate that and, and only allow three runs and not walk the yard. I thought it was a huge step in the right direction for Jared Schuster. So I think as long as he continues pitching 
with the philosophy that he pitched in that game, even if the results aren't always the same. But as long as he's, you know, attacking hitters and, and not walking everybody and looks competent as a big leaguer, I think the Braves will continue to give him some run. That's probably a good thing. No questions in my mind will see Soroka up, and I, I think it'll be in May. Um, but no questions will see Soroka up. I was able to watch his start yesterday, and it was a good start. Again, I don't have enough time to really get to that. I'm already over what I, tend, I genuinely tend to do these episodes at. But if you want, you can tune in to me tonight, 6 to 8, no Braves game. So we'll have a 6-4-3 on 6-8 of the fan tonight, which you can also listen to on the app, powered by Beaver Toyota. Uh, and I, I highly recommend it. We're going to talk a lot about this series versus Texas, how different the series versus Texas was against Toronto, and how a series that really shutched this early uh, in the season, it kind of does feel like it did. So I'll cover those topics. We'll talk more about Ronald Acuna, and I'll talk about Soroka uh, a little bit later tonight. So thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. Make sure you're tuning in uh, 6 to 8 p.m. tonight on 6 to the Fan, where we will have a 6 4 3, and it'll be a whole lot of fun. Thank you guys so much. That's going to do it for me today. We'll see you again on Tuesday for the 6 4 3 podcast. <laughs> That's all, folks. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.